Hey y'all, I'm Allie Spears, and this is Ag Chicks, where we dig deep with the women who are helping to feed the world. I'm excited for another uh, fun episode of Ag Chicks season two. And today my guest is Celeste Citrini. And I just have to mention that Celeste's bio on Instagram says cowpuncher and self-proclaimed fashionista, which personally I feel like are two phrases that are not shared in the same sentence enough. And we need to have more of that. But she is also the founder of the Bull Sale Bulletin and um, just another incredible woman in agriculture. So Celeste, if you wouldn't mind just kind of telling us a little bit about yourself to get things started today. Sure. Allie, thank you so much for having me. Anytime that I can, someone asks me to be on a podcast or speak on behalf of my ranch or fellow ranchers, I always jump at that chance. Um, Certainly love to do that. So thank you for having me. Um, just a little bit of background on myself. I have been, um, was raised in the beef business, have been doing this now my entire life. My family, um, I live on our 107-year-old cattle ranch. Uh, my family migrated over here from Switzerland and started um, out as a dairy many, many years ago and then switched over um, to beef, to Hereford cattle. Um, and my grandpa's era, that generation. And so my grandpa and his brothers um, had that and uh, raised beef cattle here locally in Salinas. Um, After that, my dad graduated from Cal Poly, came home and took over the ranch and kind of changed things up a little bit, moved away from Herefords and started a Red Angus program. And then now today, my brother and I uh, manage that together alongside um, our mom, Anita. She kind of handles all the bookkeeping and John and I do the day-to-day work. So um, do that. In addition to that, I started the Bull Sale Bulletin a few years ago, and that is a place to uh, promote and market um, seed stock bulls for people here in California. And so that, um, I kind of saw a need for, um, for that. Um, it's an extra pop to their marketing plan. I do social media marketing for them and come on sale day and take pictures and connect buyers um, with those ranches. And so it, it has been tremendously fun. Um, I'm going on year three of that. So Um, And then in addition, just, you know, really super involved within the beef industry on various committees and boards and, um, you know, just like the normal stuff that people in our business do, always something going on, so. Awesome. Well, uh, you are a very busy woman, it sounds like, always got something to do and um, got lots of irons in the fire, right? Something always going on. Yep, that's the way to be, I think. Most of us in agriculture be that way. Yes, I think that's a very true statement. Um, I think a lot of people in agriculture have, yeah, I mean, a lot going on. Different, um, you know, the the term right now is side hustles going on and, um, you know, got to have money to feed the cows type situation and all of that. Because as you know, sometimes um, being in the cattle business is not the most profitable business to be in. No, that is exactly right, especially um, in a year like this out here. We're located here in the Salinas Valley of California, and um, we're right smack in the middle of the drought. Um, I look at your Instagram and all the rain that you guys have gotten there in Texas, and I was like, why can't it just come over this way just a little bit? You know, just give us a little bit of it. So I know, it I know. Yeah, I felt guilty complaining about it, but 
I mean, we were at the point where we were so wet that even like farmers here, they were like, we are kind of screwed on our crops for um, right now because everything is over irrigated, which sounds like, you know, a problem you wouldn't cared not to have. Um, but it's crazy how the, the weather impacts, obviously everything. Um, very familiar with the drought as well, just having family in California and even my parents, they're like, are you kidding me? Like it's raining again as you know, things are like the grass is turning into dust over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of how it is here. And so that makes it tough, but you know, ranchers are pretty resilient and we just keep pushing ahead no matter what we're, we're given, whether it's a drought or uh, poor market conditions or whatever it might be. We love what we do. And, um, you know, I can only really speak on behalf of my family, but love what we do. And we just keep doing what we need to do to make it work. Yep. And I think that's a, a pretty standard mindset across the board, because for those who don't have that mindset, usually tend not to stick in the industry for very long um, because you kind of have to be be flexible for whatever's going on and just know that hopefully it'll be better next year, right? <laughs> yep, yep, we keep in that. The last few years, though, it keeps, <laughs> I keep saying next year's going to be better. And, I know. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, it's been, a, it's been a rough go. It's been a rough go for agriculture. Um, obviously, there's a lot of craziness going on in the world as a whole. Um, yeah. But that that makes it difficult too because if agriculture doesn't continue, then you know people don't eat. So it's like one of those double-edged swords of there's a lot right. of challenges, but how do we kind of overcome that? Right. So I know you touched a lot on kind of your background and um, growing up in the industry and all that. But did you know, like always, that you wanted to be involved in the agriculture industry, kind of as you got older? I did, um, you know, grew up here on the ranch and was around cattle all the time. Uh, went away to school, went to Cal Poly, was very involved um, in, in the beef department down there and, and the cattle enterprise projects and things and loved that. Um, I was also fortunate enough to be a national officer of the American Junior Hereford Association at the time when I was um, in college and so that it was something really fun. And I always knew that I wanted to stick with the beef business, but also do something in the communications part of it. And uh, back in the olden days when I was in college, they didn't, their ag communications program really wasn't something that a lot of people majored in. So I uh, majored in agribusiness, um, came home to the family ranch thinking that I was going to, you know, help run our cow deal and do all of that. And my dad was like, you are not going to stay home and punch cows. You need to get out and do something. And so for tw over 20, I was a commodities broker in the okay. uh, vegetable sector. And so here in the Salinas Valley, I uh, peddled all sorts of fruits and vegetables for uh, 20 plus years. And then um, was always still involved in the ranch. Um, but finally decided to make that my full-time gig. And so now running the cows and doing what I love to do, as well as helping others through the Bull Sale Bulletin with my um, sales and marketing um, work that I do with them. So yeah, always have known that I've wanted to do that. Um, just kind of took kind of a side path um, before I actually got to come home and actually be here and, and work on the ranch every day. And I'm glad you mentioned like the fact that, um, well, ag communications as kind of an industry has really changed a lot. I'd say probably even 
within the last five years with the introduction of social media, like completely changing things. But um, I think a lot of times people have the interest in the sales and marketing type situation, but ag communication sounds like such a broad kind of scary discipline to go into. In your opinion, Mm -hmm. how do you, have you kind of navigated, you know, in finding your passion kind of within that niche of it? Right. I think I I kind of found my passion in telling the story about agriculture and sticking up for farmers and ranchers. Um, About 10 years ago, I was also fortunate enough to be the president of California Women for Agriculture for the state of California. And so I got to travel all over the state and see different facets of agriculture. And then from that, after my term was up, Um, I got asked to speak at all kinds of events all over the United States, which was just awesome. And for about three years, um, I was blessed to do that, um, speaking at various Farm Bureau events and cattlemen events and consumer group events and all kinds of different things. And that's where I really kind of found my, um, you know, my purpose, I guess. I was kind of in a, a place thinking, what is my purpose and what am I doing? And I think everybody kind of goes through that. Um, but I decided to use what God had given me. And that was the talent of talking to people and, and kind of connecting folks. And so, um, yeah, just started with that. As far as the social media stuff has come into play, you know, like I said, when I was in school, we didn't have that social media, you know, now is, is fairly new for college kids. Now it's like second nature, but um, sit on a committee down at Cal Poly on their communications department at the Brock Center and um, know all kinds of young people like yourself who are my good fun little friends and they have helped me so much and so I basically taught myself how to do all the things in social media that you do and I certainly am no expert in doing that but have found that if you're just real and who you are and stay true to that 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 really shines through. And so even if you know, you're maybe not posting exactly like you should be or doing, you know, using the terminology like you should be, as long as you say the true, who do you say true to who you are, you're not going to go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing in whatever industry you're in, obviously. Um, obviously, when you're talking about what you're doing as far as using it as sales tactic and marketing tactic, uh, I think you have to be because there's so many people who are not being truthful about things that it's really easy to get caught up in whatever they're doing to be successful. Um, but hopefully in the end, you know, the returns of being transparent come through. Yeah. And I think it's really important, you know, I have learned too in doing this to just kind of stay in my lane and do, you know, I do a good job and to just focus on that, stay in my lane and don't listen to all the noise that's on the outside because there's a lot of it and it can get you so off track or, you know, wondering, am I good enough as this person or should I be doing this or should, you know, looking at different things and, you, you know, you know what you're doing and, and I have been doing this long enough that I feel like I am an asset to those ranches that hire me on. And it's, it's proved to be good. You know, every year I try to get one more account and that has happened. And so in year three of that, of the bulletin, I really feel like um, it's showing some success. So that's exciting. At first, I think people were like, social media, what is that? Especially for the ranches. And now they're really like, yeah, put that on Facebook or stick it on Instagram or whatever. So 
it's been fun. It's been a learning experience, but it's been a lot of fun. And how have you, I mean, obviously working with ranchers and seeing the benefits of social media, how do you think that social media has changed the way we market livestock? Well, I think for me, it's just, you know, like I tell them, it's basically for the ranches that sign up with me to do this, it's basically free advertising, really. You know, they, we post videos of the ranch. We kind of do backgrounds of their family. When the sale catalog comes, we post that online. So everything is at everyone's fingertips. And, you know, I tell them everybody, I think it's important for all these ranches to have a good website, but then I think that to have, you know, some sort of social media presence as well, only it's like, an extra, I call it, it's an extra pop to their marketing and what they're doing. And so, you know, they can mail out the catalogs and do all the things that they normally do. But now we're finding that there's more and more people that are interested in social media and are turning to that and looking to that. And so we're just capitalizing on that. And so there's a whole lot of fun things we can do um, on sale day. I'll do like Instagram stories for people that maybe can't make the sale or even just consumers of, you know, beef consumers that are out there that are interested in, in what is sale and what's going on. It's a whole, the whole sale day in Instagram stories. And it's really fun. You know, we'll have snippets of the auctioneer doing his deal. We'll have the morning people looking at cattle, the lunch, all the things that are happening. And, and I have found too, that it's not only a benefit for um, the ranches that are doing this, like I said, it's a benefit for the consumers to kind of get a peek into what we do as ranchers. Yeah, because of course there's going to be um, consumers on social media pages or even just ones that happen to hit follow because they think it's something else, right? Which I always feel like are sometimes the best followers when they are kind of get yeah. um, not trapped into it, but do it by default. Um, but being able to tell the story of agriculture and continue that as well by sharing just kind of the day-to-day, -day, hey, we're having a bull sale. This is what's happening on our Saturday and may spark someone else's interest. Right. And, and then they'll ask questions too. I have yes. found that on my own, you know, I've got my bid that business page, but on my own personal page, I really have a lot of people that have connected with me that are not affiliated with agriculture. Um, I try to, to post other things. I've got different segments that I'll do at different times. Um, one of them I call Noni's Kitchen my mom who cooks all kinds of great Italian food. And so I'll post a recipe and a picture and we'll kind of talk about that. Um, you know, you mentioned the fashionista thing. That's really kind of funny. We, I was up at a ranch. Oh gosh, it's been a couple years ago now where um, I was doing a ranch tour and I was wearing jeans and some like wedgie sandals and people were making fun of me, but I'm like, you know what? This is how I dress. This is how I like it. So they took a picture of me out in the middle of this pasture with these wedgie sandals and this total like cool chick outfit. And so I started a, like a little um, post every, I tried to do it once a month. The ranch is your run, is my runway. There you and go. So segment. And so I'll find, you know, if I find some cool jeans or a cool lipstick or something, we'll stick that on the ranch is my runway. And I get all kinds of people that are not affiliated with ag that see that, you know, by the hashtags or whatever I use. And then once they kind of get into it, then they see all the cow stuff and start asking questions about that. And so I can be a resource to them of where their food comes from, what we're doing, 
you know, antibiotic use, all the tough questions that some of the folks have to ask. Um, hopefully I can be a resource to them for that. Yeah, I agree. I have found that a lot, well, I shouldn't say a lot because a lot of my following is agriculture, but um, that's kind of why I started dabbling in the Western fashion realm of things because Western fashion is kind of becoming a mainstream thing. And so if I can pull in people that would never look at my page because I have pictures of cows or crops, but like a pair of boots right. I'm wearing, then that just brings in a whole nother audience that um, you can expose to agriculture. It is huge. I, I follow a lot of you guys on there. I recently had the opportunity to go to the Fancy Lady Cowgirl event that was in Fort Worth um, and met a lot of your friends that yes. you did your photo shoot the other day. And a lot of those girls that are on there are just lovely and so fun. And you guys are doing just so much awesome stuff. It's, it's exciting to see. Well, thank you. Uh, there's a lot of young women and women who are working very hard to um, rebrand, if we're going to use sales and marketing terms, uh, the agriculture industry and to really tell ag story. Um, you know, I've always been kind of a believer that we in agriculture sometimes don't do a great job of telling what's really going on, which you can't blame us, right? We've got a lot of lot going on, different things to worry about. And sometimes, you know, putting out an Instagram post isn't the top priority of the day. Um, but I think the, the shift that is happening because of social media and because of the people who are brave enough to kind of speak out about things, hopefully as a, as a team together, we can, we can change some things. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. So I want to talk about, I know we've touched on it, obviously, through just our conversation so far, but I really want to dive into um, the Bull Sale Bulletin and really talk about why you started it. And um, I know you said it's for seed stock bulls and stuff, but can you even go into that a little bit for maybe somebody who's listening who doesn't even know what that means? Sure, absolutely. Um, my whole life, I always went to bull sales with my dad. Being a commercial producer, we always needed to go and get some bulls every year. And so I was always fascinated with the auction, the auctioneer and the wholesale process. And at that time, you'd have representatives of the different magazines that would be at the event taking pictures. And then they, you know, share the story with their respective magazines. And I always thought, gosh, someday I really want to do that. What a fun, what a fun job. And so a few years ago with this whole social media thing, I just got to thinking, you know, I think it would be great to show up at a sale and be able to take pictures and let the families use those pictures for whatever they need, whether it be future advertising or their website to document the, the, the whole day um, on social media and to kind of promote what they do and kind of tell the stories of those seed stock producers. And for those that, you know, maybe you're listening or, or watching, um, the seed stock producers are those folks who pr produce bulls for people like myself who run um, commercial cattle to go and, and purchase. And so, um, yeah, just started doing that. In addition to that, not only the seed stock, from that I've gotten, um, very lucky to uh, manage a bull sale of my own or actually for the Turlock Livestock Market, which is a um, Turlock's a town here in California and they've got a big livestock yard and they have a sale, a big bull sale every year. And so I got the opportunity to do that. And so that is something 
that I always thought would be really kind of fun and something different to do. And so um, very involved with that, very involved in helping them get cattle to their sale barn and um, on a week to week basis. So that's been something that's really fun. Um, help them with social media. Um, in addition to that, just uh, I've got friends that are very involved and I do work as well with Western Video Market, which is a video company that um, uh, markets cattle as well as instead of the sale barn, they're on a video platform where we go out and actually video the cattle in the hills um, on the ranches. And then there are different sales that they have. Those are put up on the big screen and people can actually bid online or sit in the luxury of a hotel and bid in um, you know, one of their big, their big uh, meeting rooms. And so that's something that's really fun too. That's another part of it. And so Wholesale Bulletin is not only just um, you know, the sales in the fall, but throughout the year with the livestock markets, with the video. And then from that, I've done um, speaking engagements as well, just talking on the beef industry and kind of the face of a rancher and what we do. Um, and I've tried really hard to, um, I've done plenty of, of speaking within our own circles, but tried really hard to get outside of that and talk to our consumers. Right. Um, this last year with Zoom, I'm not the best Zoomer. I'm, I'm much better in talking in real life, um, but got to do a couple uh, deals this year with the California Beef Council with um, dietitians. And so that was something that was really fun that all of these people that were dietitians, you know, they don't have any background of what the beef business is all about. And so um, we kind of, it was like kind of a face of a rancher and got to visit with them about that. Um, I've also done things with just different consumer groups or leadership groups within uh, various communities where they've asked me to be a face of a rancher and kind of talk about that. And that's been something that I, I really enjoy doing. At first, I was a little scared um, in the sense that, oh gosh, they're gonna ask me all those tough questions. And what if I don't have the good answer for that? But come to find out, and almost every group I've spoken with, the thing that they're really concerned about is how we treat our animals. If you can believe that. I thought it would be all kinds of other antibiotics and all kinds of other things but it's basically how we treat the animals. And so I always do, you know, bring the iPad and have stories and, and show pictures of the ranch and kind of an inside look of what we're doing. And some of those people, it's really funny because even now later, you know, I might've spoken to that group six months ago. I still have some of those people message me and say, hey, I heard this on the news. Is it true? Right. And so I think that I'm trying to do is kind of bridge that gap with those consumers and be a resource for them to ask the hard questions if they see something. Um, you know, because like I always say, we live this 365, 24 7. We're here all the time doing this. And so we're the people that you need to talk to, not, you know, turning on the news and, and hearing stuff. Exactly. So. Exactly. And what advice do you have to kind of get to the consumer? Because that's, I think, an ongoing battle that a lot of um, people who are sharing about agriculture are constantly dealing with. I mean, we do a good job of talking to each other, but it's reaching the general consumer that we would have zero interaction with unless we're seeking them out. How do you get to them? Yeah, I think that, you know, that is something that's tough. But I think that with social media, 
if we like or follow or you know you were visiting about western fashion if we're following people that maybe are in the clothing line or in makeup or doing you know different things um other than agriculture you know we we have lots of other interests i tell people that you know i i love the ranch i love the the lifestyle that i have but i do have other interests i mm -hmm. like to do you know i like out i have other things that i do and so maybe following pages like that and then sharing your story with those folks stuff as simple as at the grocery store i mean i'm one of those weird people that at the meat counter if someone's kind of looking around i'll be like hey you know tell them i'm a rancher do you have questions about the meat you know and it's funny i get people all the time that'll just strike up a conversation with me and i even got last year during um saint patrick's day it was really funny um i was visiting with the butcher about um this fake meat and plant-based meat and mm -hmm. i gave him my whole spiel of beef and being a rancher he gave me like a coupon for meat to come back to the store i mean it's just like crazy i think it's just kind of put you out we have to put ourselves out there I guess is bottom line of what we need to do. We can't just stay in our comfort zone. When we see folks or we see opportunities, we have to, and that's hard to do. It is hard to do because, you know, a lot of folks before us, I look at my dad and my brother now, for example, they're happy doing their cow thing. They don't want to worry about, you know, what's going on on the outside. And there's lots of us out there that are like that, but times are changing and mm -hmm. we need to, we a little bit different yeah so. yeah I, I i agree and i think that's the other level of it right is the um the ranchers and farmers who they they don't want to know right they just they're gonna do what they're good at and they don't someone else can worry about that which is fine because i do think that there's a lot of people who are you know picking up the mic so to say um and kind of falling into that role but we still need them. We can't, not one person is not an expert in every, every area of agriculture. So it definitely takes a village. Yeah, it does. I do. It does. And I think we're doing a pretty good job at it. You know, it's more and more it's like every day, it seems like there's more and more folks that, you know, are on social media or that I see that are doing things. And so we'll get there. It, it takes a lot of work, but I just look back from you know, like my college days and how they, how we did things and how things have moved so much, you know, things are so different now, but our scope of the people we can reach and the stories we can share are so much more. So yeah, keep pushing ahead. Yep. Well, on the flip side of that, and kind of the last, last thing I want to talk about before we get into our, our questions, but how has your interactions as a woman in the industry, um, how has that been? You know what? I get that question a lot. I think in just, you know, being a woman man helping to manage a ranch and, and I, for me personally, I don't see much different in it. I, I have a lot of guy friends I deal with in the bull sale bulletin that I have when I go to a sale, I am dealing with auctioneers and ringmen that are all men. And I, um, you know, my dad raised me with my brother that I could do anything he could do. And so I think I never really knew that I couldn't do something. And so um, I, I don't ever use the woman card or do anything like that. I just, you know, I work hard 
And I feel like I have a respect from the guys that I do work with, whether it be fellow, fellow ranchers or like the auctioneers or the ring guys or whoever it might be. Um, and so I've really never dealt with, you know, oh, you're a woman, you don't know what you're doing, or you're a woman, you know, why are you doing this? And so, um, and that is a little bit different from, I, you know, I have had friends that have had to deal with that in different um, businesses. In the produce, when I was in produce, that was a little bit hard. Um, I was one of the few females in that. And so that business was a little difficult. That was different. But in ranching, I have found that I'm really treated no differently. And I think that's just from trying to, you know, come across, even if you don't have the self-confidence really inside of you, coming across like you do and working really hard, I think that says a lot. Yeah, and I, I think too, sometimes um, specifically on the ranching side, because ranching is really so deeply family rooted for the most part, I think it's just common that the whole family works together and, you know, the daughters next to the brother and that whole situation. So I think um, yeah. sometimes it's not quite maybe as controversial, it's not the right word, but just as bad maybe sometimes yeah. in ranching. Right, right. In my produce days, I remember they'd always, oh, are you the secretary? No, I'm a broker. You can, you know, well, is so-and-so in? No, he's not here. Yeah. Well, you know, can he, well, try me, you know, give me the question, see if I can, you know, and after a number of years, I finally, but I remember in the beginning, I'd come home crying daily. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh my gosh, me crazy, but you know, I stayed there for 20 years. So I did guess I, you know, I held my own and did okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. All right, Celeste. Well, thank you so much um, for sharing your, your stories and experience with us today. And if you're ready, we have come to the rapid fire portion of the episode. <laughs> I'm so scared. Don't worry. They're, they're not too bad. The first one is what is something that a lot of people often get wrong about you oh my goodness um often get wrong gosh that's a hard oh, one I feel like it's a game show and that I'm on like the time <laughs> you need a buzzer you know I think it is when I go to when I've gone to speak at groups you know I love like I said fashion and clothing and all this and they always say, well, you don't look like a rancher. And I always say, well, what is a rancher supposed to look like? Mm -hmm. You know? So I think that, that, that maybe that might be one of them that they, they just don't see me as, you know, if I go to an event or even an auction, I always got, you know, wedgie heels on and a fun shirt and all my jewelry. And so, yeah, I might not look the part of a person that should be sitting in an auction barn, but but exactly like you said, what does that person look like, right? So keep doing yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> the next one is, what is your go-to comfort food? Spare rib or beef ribs. That's beef easy. ribs. My favorite beef ribs. Oh my gosh. Barbecue <laughs> beef ribs. Love that. Oh man, I'm Love. hungry now. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is, where is your favorite place to escape? You know where I love to go? Um, 
There is a hotel down in Pastor, outside of Pastor Robles. It's called the Allegretto Vineyard Resort. And it reminds me of Italy. And I come from an Italian background and have been to Italy. And that's the closest thing. The whole, you know, ambiance of everything and the buildings and everything kind of look like that. So sometimes when I can get away for a day or two and go down there and sit by the pool, it's just, oh, I'm in Italy. It's pretty cool. <laughs> that's the Italy, Italy, not too far. So Italy's definitely on my bucket list. So maybe I'll have to go to Paso Robles. Oh, <laughs> Allie, you need to go. Italy is a whole other world. It's just, oh man, I can't say enough good stuff about it. We have, um, cool. we have family that lives there. So it's always been on my bucket list to go visit them and stay for a while. Yep. You need to go. But in the meantime, go to the Allegretto. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> quick fix. <laughs> yeah. Quick fix. Well, again, Celeste, thank you so much for joining me. I have really enjoyed getting to know a little bit more about you and your business and all of the amazing things that you've done and are currently doing. Um, for those who are listening or watching, what are some ways that they can keep in touch with you or get in contact? I think the best one is my Instagram account. Um, just follow Celeste the training for that's my personal account. Um, we do a lot of like ranch life images and talk a lot about what's happening on the ranch. And then my, um, the bull sale bulletin is my business account. And that's for folks who are really in interested in sales and that sort of thing. So if you're a, a cattle guy and interested in sales, bull sale bulletin would be great. If you're just a person that loves ranch pictures and wants to know what's happening in ranch life and then get some Noni's Kitchen recipes and fashion stuff, you can go to my personal Celeste Trinity page. Awesome. And like always, I will include all that information in the episode notes. And thank you again so much and um, keep up all the great work. Great. Thank you very much for having me, Allie. I've had fun. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Ag Chicks. Don't forget to follow along on social media at AgChicks on Instagram and Facebook and that every episode has a visual version on YouTube on the AgChicks channel.